Welcome everyone to the Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Steph Naval, and today we'll be talking about building a good work culture in your organization. So our next guest is a lifelong learner and self-professed nerd. After working in consulting startups and ecosystem builders, he realized that his mission is to create positive social change through empowerment and capability building. He currently serves as a member of the Entrepreneur Selection and Growth Team of Endeavor Philippines. Prior to joining Endeavor, he served as the COO at Education, an online platform with a mission to help students make better informed decisions. He also served as a business analyst at the Boston Consulting Group and graduated with a degree in management engineering at Ateneo de Manila University. He is also an active member of the Global Shapers Community Manila Hub, a WEF-initiated community of young leaders striving to make impact in the Philippines. So, Without further ado, I'd like to introduce a dear friend from college, Judge Kalimbahin. Hi, Judge. Hi, Steph. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you so much. I'm very excited for this conversation, especially since I'm currently owning a business right now, and I would love to see how I can improve our work culture as well. So maybe to start off the podcast, I'd like to ask, um, what were your learnings and experiences when it came with culture in startups or in a company? Yeah. Well, um, to start off, I, I want to say that I'm not an expert in culture by any means. So I, mm-hmm. but yeah. these are. I just really wanted to share sort of my what I've learned about culture so far. You know, going through all of the the places I previously worked at. So I think when I thought about culture, um, initially when I was applying for jobs and you know when I was looking at organizations, it it really isn't something that I I thought of at first. Um, Mostly, you know, I would focus on, you know, how, um, what, what the company is, what are the important, uh, what the work-life balance is there. But I never really thought about company culture, company fit, as sort of a big determinant of work experience. But as I have gone through all of my um, stints in, in different places I've been to, I started realizing that hey, this is actually the the thing that would drive me to stay at the company, regardless of you know how well the business model works or or um, you know, work-life balance, at the end of the day, it was sort of how people were. And even now, when I look back at all of my experiences now, what I, what, what stuck to me the most is how, yeah, how was the experience, how was the, how was the living, how, how was I during that time when I was in the company? And I think that's, that, that says a lot about the role that culture plays in, in an organization. Um, Another thing I learned about, about culture is that, you know, from the, other side of the aisle and working on operations and things like that. It's also not something that's really um, thought of also. It's not something that's um, defined, uh, especially when you're, when you're starting off, no? Because culture is really, um, it, it's a, at the earlier stages, it's a little bit flexible. Um, mostly what happens is the culture is brought on by the people you bring in, eh, right? And if you're not in, and if there's no intentionality at the start, um, it, it becomes a little bit fluid. So coming from that side of the aisle, I also realized that, hey, it's not something that's being thought about and it's not something that's, um, at least in the earlier stages, people are being intentional with. Um, but, you know, as you're growing, as you're scaling, I, I started realizing also how important being intentional of the culture is and what and how people fit within that culture. Same thing as with you when you're applying, right? Like you also need to be able to see if you're fit with the culture of the company. So all this to say, um, I guess my, my overall realization is that, you know, um, 
culture in general for for an organization it's it's one of the most important things to build it because that says a lot mm, about yeah. what the organization is what it stands for and also the people that come in right because at the end of the day it's about fit are they are is the organization and are the people fit with each other because this really does determine a lot of the of your success as an organization and of your experience as a as an employee or as a staff member as a founder of the organization it's it's yeah it's basically defining how your life is like right yeah that's um that's really interesting to note especially when everyone's so busy as a startup or just a starting organization they tend to lose about setting the foundations of cultures at the start so um yeah that's really interesting oh do you have any Um, examples of really excellent work cultures that people can use as pegs or inspiration of what they should drive. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think the the company that really has defined culture as their secret sauce is is Netflix. So they have something Ooh, called the Netflix, Netflix culture. Yeah. So cool. they have a, they have something yeah. called the Netflix culture document, and it's published. You can you can Google it right now. And basically, wow. in that, I think it's a like three four page document. They they really iron out. Okay, here are specifically what we value, and here's the role that our employees play in that. And I think I love that for a few reasons. The first one is that it's very clear. It's very well defined. This is who we are. This is who we are not. So even when you're applying, or even not even applying it, when you're just curious about, oh, how is the life at Netflix? You can just read through that document, and you know specifically what the how the how people would act how well how they're supposed to act no and um how sort of the management style is within that um so for example no for netflix they have this something they have this um value um we're not a family we're a team and i guess there's a lot of nuance to that no because when when you define work and an organization as a family of course you know there's all the lovey-dovey vibes and um you know all the good vibes we support each other we love each other yeah. yes But mm-hmm. with with the family, like I said, there's the nuance that you know, regardless of the mistakes you make, you know, you're part of this company and uh, you're you're part of this family, and you know, we'll cover for mm-hmm. each other. Um, mm-hmm. Netflix specifically said, okay, we're not that. You know, that's important in the family setting, but in the work setting, we want to be more of a team. And they compared it to the example of a sports team, which you know still has that you know chummy chummy vibes. We're still part uh-huh. of you know we're still we're still a group, and we want to. Be be successful together, but there's more of that. Um, it's clear that you're a member of the team and you should help each other. But you know when um, it it it's uh, what do you call it? It's next man up, right? It's always um, you you bring your best to the table because yeah, as part of a sports team, you can't be. Uh, you don't want to always be at the bottom of the roster and be a bench warmer, right? You want to um, you want to succeed individually, but also as a team. So I think. Just the nuance of that, you know, for next for Netflix and how they define that, um, it, it makes it clear that this is the the company that they are and they're pushing for excellence. Um, not to say one is better than the other, but it it's clear when you apply or or when you try to work there, or even when you're just interested in listening to them, um, you know how exactly how they work. And for me, as a person who might want to join or or um, yeah, might want to join Netflix, I, I know exactly what I'm going into. So that's that's an example of a good work culture for me. Um, another one is Amazon. For Amazon, um, I think they also have the standard called the, the standard principles of like excellence, etc. But what I like about them is that they put their culture literally in all of their rooms. 
Um, because I visited oh, the office once. Yeah, wow, and yeah. all of their value, the names of the rooms are their values. So nakatatak siya. It's 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 really stick. Uh, it really stuck to me what their values are. So even as a potential partner, even as like with someone visiting them, I know that hey, this is what they stand for. So yeah, so I think those are some examples top of mind. And you know, if you're listening to this, I really suggest googling them. They publish it. Um, they pop they publish this on their websites. So, easily accessible. Yeah, that's so interesting. Okay, I'm going to check it out. So Netflix and Amazon. And I will yeah. try to apply it to my company also. So, yeah. okay, um, given that we're able to talk about your experiences, about culture, and maybe some examples, can you share with us any tips or steps on how we can build this type of good culture? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I guess um, the one thing I would say to sort of caveat what I've said earlier is that, you know, um, there there are different ways to, to build culture and depends on sort of the values that people have. And the thing with values is, you know, sometimes there's, um, there's good values. Um, you can define it as inherently good. And there are also values that are just, you know, it's not better. It's just what we stick to. So uh, with that, you know, when we define what is a good culture, there's some elements of the culture that are just, um, you know, uh, aren't inherently good or bad, but there are also some elements that you can say is, okay, that's good work culture. Like when you talk about things like um, crunch work or late night work, that's inherently, you know, um, bad because, you know, if, if everything related to our mental health. So I wanted to define that first. So with that, uh, I think the things I've learned on the job and um, probably I guess some books that I've read regarding culture, there are three sort of steps to take into consideration when you're building, when you're building culture. The first one is, um, building safety. I'll, um, uh, I'll break this down a little bit later. Now. So there's building safety. Number two is build, sharing vulnerability. And number three, establishing purpose. Now, when you talk about the purpose of building a culture in the first place, you know, you want to be intentional with it and you want to be able to define it so that it's like it, it becomes the, the anchor, the compass that guides your employees, um, that guides everyone throughout the organization to stick to whatever your mission is, or to stick to um, whatever business model you build. And I think that speaks to the first step that I mentioned, which is building safety. It has to be a safe space for employees to, to speak and has to be a safe space for them to um, be able to share their thoughts, right? I think one of the things I've learned about building culture at the start is it has to be an environment that um, where, where people are mentally healthy and that there's no fear. Um, that's, that's the first thing no, about making sure you have a good culture where people aren't afraid and people um, feel safe and know that they are in a safe environment. Um, because you know, it, it's, it doesn't make sense to, to bring people in the organization and to just tell them what to do. They're not robots, right? You bring people into your organization to you know, get more perspectives and to get more, um, to get more uh, sort of manpower to, to run your organization you don't you don't get them to just do stuff you know you, you get them because you want them to you want to um enable them to be the best that they can within the organization and safety is an important part in that so how do you do this um a few things i've learned um first one uh, as i said it's really just defining who you are what your values are putting it in a document like netflix or amazon um the second thing is, uh, it's a bit counterintuitive, but it's being painstaking in the hiring process. Um, it's, it's before you try to build an organization, 
um, and try to build a culture, you have to be very selective about who you bring in in the first place. Do they fit with your values? Um, because you know it's 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 harder to be able to change. You can't change people's values, right? So it's important that you bring mm-hmm. people in that you know already fit the values that you have. Um, beyond skill sets, uh, closeness to your values, I think, is the most important part in 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 um, sort of grading people if if they should be hired for the job. Do they fit or have the potential to fit with uh, the company you want to build, right? Because on the onset, if you know that they're not like, if they're not a culture fit, or if you know that, you know, they're, um, um, how should I say this? If they're um, not easy to deal with, uh, then Mm -hmm. in the first place, why would you get them, right? So that's that's the the second step, right? Be painstaking in the hiring process. You know, it might take longer. Um, There might be short-term pain with that because of course we want to hire immediately, but the, the long-term gains of finding someone that's that's right for your company is um, it, it has long-term returns. Um, next is to, related to that, no, is to eliminate bad apples. Again, um, as part of building an organization, you have to be um, you have to be sure who's fit there. So it's it's zero tolerance for those who don't fit your values, you know, even if it's staff, partners, even clients, right? Because at the end of the day, you don't want to um, the reason you define your values is because you don't want to um, not adhere to that, right? So yeah. whenever there's something that doesn't, then it, it becomes pretty clear that it's something that you should let go of. Again, not to say that you know bad apples are inherently bad people. It, it just means that they might not fit with the values that, that you've defined for yourself. I think that's a distinction to be made. And then once you do this, then you can start building your safe environment, right? And the important part there actually is um, with how the leader starts it and how the leader sort of communicates with the rest of the company because it, it starts from there, right? That's what leadership is. Eh? That's true. So it yeah. starts, yeah. So the important part is, you know, communicating that, hey, I'm, I'm, um, I'm a leader in the organization. I'm listening. Um, I, um, I, I'm saying what, like, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to the feedback that you give me. But at the same time, you know, listen also to the feedback I'm given and let's have mutual respect for each other. Right, so it starts with that, right, with the example that you give. Because if the leader, him or herself, uh, or themselves, don't really um, stick to the values that they define, then what's the point, right? So that's, um, so that's how you start building safety within the organization, and it'll flow from there, right? You have people with the same values as you. Um, you you def- clearly define your organization slowly. That um, that environment of safety will bring forth more ideas and more um, <clears throat> more yeah more ideas for you to work on um, I'll pause there uh, there are two others that I can I can add a little bit more but maybe I want to pause to see if you have um, thoughts on that yeah I think um, I truly agree with you like for when it came to my hiring process there were about a hundred a hundred of applicants so I think around 300 applicants that we had. Uh, maybe for other companies, it's a lot bigger. But for me, yeah. as like one um, person at the time, it was quite overwhelming. But I think I really wanted to make sure I went through everything. And that I actually didn't want anyone else to do the job for me because I could have hired another person to do the hiring process. But for me, I found it so essential that in the foundations of the company, that it had to be me in terms of knowing who the type of people I wanted, especially when it came to, I really wanted 
good character with people. So people who are very genuine at the, about the advocacy, um, who, and it can, it can be seen as in the type of questions that I would ask them or like if they had personal vision or what they saw in the long run. Um, so that was quite a, quite a process, but I honestly think it was worth it because I'm really happy with the team that I have so far and I love them a lot. So if they're listening to this podcast, shout out to them. Yes, so, go team. Yeah, yes, go team. And yeah, I'm sorry, what are the two other things that you wanted to share also about the building culture? Sure. Well, um, I guess so, so we talked about building safety. The second one is sharing vulnerability. So it's one thing to like build a safe mm, yeah. environment. It's another thing to actually use it and to to be vulnerable in that in that environment. So um, again, it starts with the leader, right? So making sure that the leader, him, mm-hmm. her, or themselves um, is uh, vulnerable first and also often, right? Sometimes it, it's, I'm not sure if it's a change of thinking, no, but um, when we initially think of leader size, usually it's like, oh, I should show no fear. I should show that I know everything. I, I, I have my, my everything together. But actually, um, studies show that it's not really the best way to move forward, right? Because you're, you're putting in an air of inauthenticity, right? Like you, like you pretending that you don't know, uh, sorry, you pretending to know when you don't really know things. It, it's, at the end of the day, it's bad for the organization because you don't solve the problem, right? So if, if people see that the leader is vulnerable, um, you know, vulnerability doesn't mean weakness, right? So if yeah, you, definitely. right? So, so if you show that you have strength at what, through your vulnerability to organization, then you, and you have the right people, then you can find the answers to, to whatever you're dealing with. And at the same time, you inspire people within your company to be vulnerable as well. And that's, that's really important because you know, when, when running organization, there's no time, especially as a startup, no, there's no time for like, for drama or emotions with uh, trying to make decisions, right? And it's important yeah. for them to feel that, hey, I'm in a safe space. I can share um, where I feel like things are messing up and we can solve it together as a team. So that's, that's really important. And people need to build that trust with one another that, hey, if I'm vulnerable here, I wouldn't be judged. Um, and of course, in addition to that, you know, it's important to uh, over-communicate expectations, you know, to share with people that, hey, you know, here, this is an open and honest space. Please tell us what you, please um, uh, be comfortable sharing what you think we can do better. And at the same time, you know, um, take whatever we, we bring to you um, with, um, as, as a sign that we want you to improve. Because when you, when you as a leader start with that vulnerability, then people will, uh, will know that whatever is shared is, is for the mutual benefit of everyone, right? So at the end of the day, it starts with the leader, right? And then after that, the third step um, is establishing purpose, which is, again, like being clear about what your vision is, what, what are we trying to do here? And having zero tolerance for things that do not adhere to that, right? And again, that's why we define the vision and the mission to begin with, right? Because we don't want to steer away from, from what we're trying to do. And it, it, it will become clear to your employees when, you know, you, you define a vision and a mission and you, you do things that are not aligned to that. That will bring your motivation down by a lot because, you know, people really do look at 
um, what the purpose of the company, especially now, no, they, they're here for advocacies. They're here because they want to make a difference, and it has to show. It has to be um, inherent with the actions that you do as an organization. And there are things you can do about that, no. Um, Number one, uh, things like markers and artifacts for values are important. Like what I said about Amazon, no? all their values are there, mm -hmm. like listed. It, it, it's really in the room. So you can see that, okay, yeah. this is what we stand for. And me, and because you've built a culture of safety and because you're vulnerable, uh, you shared your vulnerability as a leader, employees will call you out, hey, what are we doing? It's, it's in the room. This, <laughs> we, this is yeah. the, the we said we're doing this and we're not doing this. And overall, yeah. you know, we're all human. It, it, yeah. you're, this one employee can help you steer your ship back to the right direction. Um, so I think those are the, the important parts, no? Um, and it's, it's, it's a little bit different now from how culture has been built before. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think now it's more important than ever, especially when you and I start up to um, have that space and to really utilize and, and bring together all the people that you, you, you brought, right? That's the reason why you bring them to the team. Right? Because you want them to share their thoughts, you want them to um, be open, and you want to work together to build the organization. And by doing those three, hopefully, uh, it, it, it's a start. Of course, there are other uh, elements of, of, of a good culture, but uh, so far from what I've seen, those are the three things that um, are important. Well, I think it's so interesting and very helpful. Perhaps if Empath gets a huge office also, like Amazon, we shall name um, every room in terms of our core values. So yeah, that's really great. I, I really learned a lot. I think I, I really love about when you mentioned about shared vulnerability, because especially for me, um, that's something I guess I unconsciously do. So I share if like it was a good day or I share if it's, um, if I'm personally like, okay, I'm kind of overwhelmed but it's all right um, I'm just trying to um, push forward and I'm really trying to uh, do my best and I think maybe that's why they're also a lot of them feel okay like they feel more comfortable when they're around me or I hope I'd, I, I think that they feel more comfortable if they're around me especially and especially when they express that they're a bit getting overwhelmed or they're worried about something actually I have a little company practice that I mm -hmm. try to do so every meeting I have something called the creative question for the meeting. So I actually picked this up in our uh, college organization that Judge and I met in. So, but I found it very useful as a good, but I put some tweaks about it. So for example, it would really usually describe, um, if you were to describe your week so far, or let's say your weekend so far in a, in a kind of drink or into a certain animal or the type of vehicle, um, what would it be? So this is a good way for them to create the four out of how they're feeling. And it's a good way of to check up how they feel. And so it's more of an interesting conversation. And it's quite simple. So for example, we can start with the drink. So if you're the for last week, if you were to describe last week as a drink, what would it be? So for me, I always start with my example. So they have time to think. Yeah. So for example, it would be coffee because there'd be times when I'd be so productive and everything and high with um, energy. But at the same time, with the end of the day, coffee, it's very, so it could also be for relaxing, for taking things slow and it could be cold, it could be hot. And then I remember another person was saying, oh, for me, it was, let's say, hot chocolate or because it was it was quite a fun week. It was very um, a lot of good moments and high moments. Um, another one would be, for example, I would say if you're 
if you're to describe your past week as an animal, what would it be? And one one person said, oh, it would be a sloth because you're quite sluggish. Another person would say, oh, it's been a cheetah because it's been so fast-paced. And then why is, oh, why is it so fast-paced? Oh, because I had to do this, 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 this. And then I was running around doing errands and stuff, literally running like a cheetah. Uh, another one would be when an example would be for example, when it comes to a vehicle. So one mentioned, um, see Daniel, she said, oh, mine for me, any vehicle would be a boat. So there are times in the week, it was chill, it's quite calm, but then there'd be a huge wave that comes and it became a little rocky. Um, I think another one for me, it was a roller coaster, cause, but it was the fun roller coaster. So there was a lot of highs and productive parts of the week, a lot of exciting things happening, especially being the CEO of the company. So a lot of plans. So it really went up and down. So it was uh, these this is probably one of my favorite company practice because it also helps them um, capture and really, it's actually a, a mini processing session for them to reflect and sit back of how the week was. Another one is I get to check up on how they're feeling and third, people get to know more in a very more fun and less boring way rather than just kamustahan. Oh, and sometimes how are you? The question is very intimidating. It's very, oh, yeah. oh how are you? Oh, um, and then they're not feeling so well. So it's a very great form of expression for them. I think to wrap up the episode, is there any last minute things or last closing remarks you'd like to say to our listeners? Sure. Um, well, I guess just to close off now, I wanted to jump off from what you recommended to everyone. It's uh, Rituals are important, especially now when we're in the middle of you know the pandemic and, and work is all virtual. Um, a lot of these rituals sometimes take it for granted, but it's, it's, um, it's really powerful. Eh? These are ways for you to to um, really get to know other people if you take it seriously. And also ways for you to, to build this culture even, even virtually, right? Because, um, you know, especially now, we, we crave for, human, uh, for, for um, human attention. We crave for people to understand us. And even small things like that, you know, trying to share your, your week in a creative way, it, it, it has like, it can help you personally also no? to, to know that, hey, other people are listening to what I have to say and that, you know, my creative juices are flowing. So I think it starts with that, no? Like, um, find what rituals work for you um, and, you know, just try it. Now, if, 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 you're, if your company does that, uh, does activities like that, just approach it with an open mind because, you know, you don't know what, what people might say or you don't know what you would be able to say if you take it, um, if you really do what's being asked, right? So, so yeah, so it starts there. And then slowly you build that culture again with, your, with the rest of your organization. Hey, advocates, thank you so much for tuning in into this episode. If you have any comments or suggestions of topics that we can still discuss in this podcast in the future, feel free to contact me at underscore Steph Naval on Instagram or Twitter. So thank you so much and have a good day.